Welcome to the Coaching Connection Podcast, brought to you by the Gateway Training Center, the home for all of your life coach training needs. I am Katie Rushton, educator and your trusted friend in the coaching world. I am here to share with you best practices, coaching examples, and tools to help you on your professional coaching journey. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Coaching Connection Podcast. My name is Fred Rushton, and I'm flying solo today, but that does not mean you're going to miss out on the sweet, dulcet tones of Katie's voice. The format is going to be a little different this time. We're going to be sharing audio from a previously recorded panel discussion that Katie and Dr. Scott Gardner led last year at a conference. The panel consists of three ladies who were some of the first to be trained by Katie and Dr. Gardner and have gone on to do great things in the world of coaching. Their names are Jen Wetton, Cindy Castleton, and Melissa James. They each give their own bio within the recording, so I'll let them tell you their own story. This discussion goes into various topics within their coaching journey, and particularly how they set up the businesses that they have and how others can follow suit. So without further ado, here are Jen, Cindy, and Melissa. So we're going to go and start this next presentation. We're excited to have, uh, I guess you have some coaches that are joining us, right, Scott and Katie, on this panel? That's right. Yep. Have some amazing folks. Present here too, so we're grateful to have Natasha joining us. So, just real quick, Katie Russian was born and raised in England, having a keen interest in the mechanics being behind human behavior. Katie trained as a counselor after coming to America to attend university and further her education in 2014. She went on to start her own business, Aspen Family Wellness Center and the Gateway Training Center. The Wellness Center offers education and family coaching, while the Gateway provides some online life coaching classes and advanced family life coach training. Furthermore, Katie is an adjunct teacher at Brigham Young University, Idaho, and has been teaching coaching skills to undergrad students since 2017. So, and then Dr. Gardner. Scott is the Dean of Teacher Preparation Programs at BYU-Idaho. He has taught marriage and family classes for the past 11 years. Before that, he taught at South Dakota State University for 14 years and researched in the effectiveness of marriage education programs for high school age youth. His PhD is in marriage and family therapy from Texas Tech University, and he is a board certified coach. Most importantly, he celebrates his marriage of 30 years to his wife, Brenda. And with that, we'll turn the time over to Dr. Gardner and to Katie Rush. Awesome. Thank you. Well, um, yeah, it's a, it's a pleasure to uh, chat with everybody. Wish we could be there in person. We'll, we'll do that next year. Um, looking forward to it. Glad that uh, the Foundation for Family Life puts this on every year. Um, let me uh, let me do some introductions first. And uh, our agenda is that we're going to give you kind of an update on things that we've been working on in terms of family life coaching. And then um, after that intro, we're going to dive in to the business of family life coaching and and give you some real life examples of folks that uh, have have done exactly that, been trained, and and um, then jumped in and started their own businesses. Um, and so we're hopeful that this gives people hope that uh, they can do this too. We'll start off, you've already heard the intro from Katie and I, so why don't, for me, why don't uh, we let, we have, we have three coaches here and I'm just gonna let them 
introduce themselves briefly and their kind of their background, where in the world they are right now, and then and then they're a little bit about their business. So Jen, you're in the top left corner of my screen. Would you mind going first? Then we'll do Cindy and then we'll do Melissa. Absolutely. So my name is Jen Wetton. I took the coaching class at BYUI through Scott and Katie, goodness, two and a half years ago. And while I was in there, I just really found my passion for life again, found a lot of just exciting things happening. And then I wasn't finished with school. So I thought I wasn't good enough to be a coach. And so some of you that are still in school may be able to relate to that. I still kept coaching, but on a very small level. And then when I graduated, there was just this excitement that took place and I started coaching. And because I have some past experience with residential treatment, I decided that that's where I wanted to do my focus. So I primarily work with teens and families who have had some experience in residential treatment. Generally, the teens are getting ready to come home. I work with parents to help prepare for teens to come home. And then I work with the teens once they get home to help them be successful and unite back together as a family and create those strong bonds. Cool. Cindy. Glad to be here today. My name is Cindy Castleton. I live in Sandy, Utah, and I also went through BYUI and was trained by Dr. Gardner and Katie Rushton, which was such an amazing opportunity that got me started on this path. So my my claim to fame here, I think, is I've been married um, 45 years to the same man, and we have eight children, and we will be welcoming our 26th grandchild this spring. And I feel like through family life coaching, it's a way that I can support and uphold my belief in family and the importance of family and, and helping people to live their best selves. So my, my niches that I have, and I say niches now because I took it from Katie instead of niche. So now it's always niche because Katie taught us that. And after her delightful English accent, we've picked up a few of her words. So my areas of focus are empowering women and girls. My, my youngest client was 12 and my oldest was in her 80s. So it's such an exciting adventure to empower women. Also parenting. Parenting is a tricky road to navigate. And it's been very powerful to help parents to find their own true voice in their parenting. And lastly, I have a great program for pregnancy, delivery, and postpartum. It's not the medical side, it's the emotional, spiritual, physical, as far as what they're going through. And it's a very powerful package that I offer that helps women to navigate that amazing experience of bringing a child into this world. Awesome. Melissa? Hi. So um, I've been married to my husband for 35 years, and we have seven children. Six are living, and we have five grandchildren. I live in northern Colorado. And I've also lived in Utah, California, and Michigan. And I specialize in grief coaching as well as some strengths coaching. But grief is kind of my bigger part. The strengths part helps to provide a little bit more of a lightness. A little bit about how I got into this was after our son died 12 years ago from a rare cancer, I, it really rocked our family. And Everyone reacted differently, and there's been lots of little ripples of loss through all of this, you know, over the years that we've gone through. And so I started feeling very passionate about helping others and helping families that are going through grief and loss. I think my journey kind of started on this 
after the loss with becoming a peer mentor with an organization in Michigan where we were living at the time, which is a little bit, it goes along with the coaching model somewhat because you're not like in an expert. You're there being a, like kind of like a companion and a support to somebody. And so that kind of is a little bit of a, a framework that helped me with that. And then I went on to become an intern for the same organization, um, which was great to be able to have that experience. And then also with the, the grief part of it, there's, I have kind of like two different pathways. There's my coaching part and my grief part. So sharing about the grief part right now, but I, I took a grief coaching training course, and then I took an advanced one that was like a practicum type of course. And then currently I'm actually in one that's a creative grief course that I'm taking. That's been pretty interesting to help people use creative means to help with healing. And then on the family life coaching side, there's, I took the course with Katie Reston and Dr. Gardner in 2018. It was the second, the second one that they had, I was able to get into that. And just really briefly, when, when we were moving from Michigan to Colorado, we stopped at a hotel and, you know, we're just exhausted because we loaded everything up and I was there in the hotel and I was checking my email and I got this email about this new class that they were going to do about family life coaching and my heart just started thumping and I got so excited and I was like, I need to get into that class. I need to get into that class. And um, so I'm trying to write it, write it all up while I was at the hotel because we had to travel again the next day all day long. And I didn't actually get into that one, but I got into the one the next semester. So that was a really big blessing for me. But when that came, that was a, a turning point for me in my life. So there's that training was very helpful for me. And it was a solid training based on research and then eventually got the board certified coaching credential with that. And then I did go on and yeah. So, I mean, the, co the course was recognized by them, but then I went on and became a board certified coach the next year. I've also been involved with the Family Life Coaching Association. I'm on their board as the Emerging Coaches Chair. And anyway, I think I answered the question. I don't remember exactly what it was, but. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, just an intro. That's that's great. Okay. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Now, I just want everybody to notice what, what, what amazing women these are. And, and these are folks who jumped into like the Marriage and Family Therapy Program online excuse me, the Marriage and Family Studies program online, jumped into a, a, a coaching class, hadn't done coaching per se before, and now they've developed their businesses. Um, and this is really our whole purpose in, in having this class taught. And it's a special topics class. We only teach it periodically. But our whole purpose was to add value to a Marriage and Family Studies undergraduate degree, that people could take it and run and become coaches and develop their own businesses. And, and it's just so gratifying to see you all. And I'm really excited to hear you. So I'm not gonna talk too long. So let me just give a quick update. As was mentioned, we developed a, a, a class at BYU-Idaho. We teach it about one to two semesters a year, primarily taught by Katie at this point. She's done an awesome job. Uh, we have maybe 18 to 25 students per class when we do teach it. Uh, some semesters we've been able to teach two sections of the class. So we have that. And then additionally, through the Gateway Training Center, which is Katie's business that she began, she and her husband, Fred, and, and I try to work with them 
some degree, they developed uh, the Gateway Training Center that trains coaches. And so Katie also teaches classes there. And so Katie, how, how often do you teach those classes, would you say? So I teach the classes three times a year, January, May, and September are the enrollment months. Great. And so Katie will teach those classes. She, that, that is a very similar to the BYU-Idaho class. It's an introductory coaching class, foundational coaching class, I guess we call it. Then Katie and I have also developed kind of a level two class that focuses on family life coaching more in depth. So not, not just the basics, but taking it to, a, to another level where we really focus on the dynamics of working with multiple people in a coaching room because it's different. We focus on parent coaching, uh, relationship and marriage coaching, how to do all of that and stay within some ethical guidelines and not cross over into counseling. We look at the more in-depth on systems theory and how it can help us, appreciative inquiry, so, uh, solution-focused approach, genograms, and various coaching models that help us understand when we have multiple people in the room with either families or couples. And then Gateway does offer an endorsement in coaching. And so you can check out the website if you'd like more information on that. And that's, Katie, why don't you just share, could you just share a couple of the other things that you do with, with Gateway, what you offer in terms of training and supervision there? Absolutely. I, I also want to say thank you to the coaches that have come before and taken these classes because it's, it's, it's due to your investment, your application, and then your feedback that allows Scott and I to take what we've developed and advance it. And I'm not kidding when I say that every next group is slightly different than the group before because we've applied new things and we've learned new things so that we can get stronger and stronger and stronger with what we teach and how we teach it and the manner that we deliver it as well. So I just wanted to share an appreciation there. And then something that this kind of came from my training back in England when I was doing my hours for being, to become a counselor, I had to go to, as many therapists do, as all therapists do, <laughs> I had to go to group supervision and one-on-one -on -one supervision. And I got so much out of that once my training had finished that I said to Scott from the very beginning, can we have a, a form of coaching supervision to mirror the, the therapy world? Because I believe that's going to help increase the professionalism as we try and develop this family life coaching field. And so from the very beginning, we've had a manner <laughs> of group supervision and included group training along with a skills practice of sorts. And so right now we have a monthly membership program where we meet the first Monday of the month to go through training and we have some time to practice our skills. Unless those that are present try and get me talking, then they, they don't get to practice as much as I'd want them to, but I'm working on that. <laughs> and then the third Monday of the month, we get together for supervision where we are peers together. We are sharing our successes. We are sharing our concerns. And that's the opportunity to, to ask questions about tricky situations in an anonymous manner, of course, to honor that confidentiality agreement that we have. And also to have discussions about making referrals, if that's something that we're unsure of, just so that we can have that community of togetherness in how we, first of all, coach and develop our own coaching skills, 
but also make sure that we are honoring the ethical side of coaching as well, which is few and far between in the coaching world. So it's something that I hope that Scott and I will offer for as long as the gateway is around. Excellent. Thanks so much. Well, let's go ahead and, and jump into our, to our panel. Feel free to ask questions of them, but um, uh, Katie has some questions and she's going to kind of be our moderator for the panel. So Katie, fire away. Thank you. Okay, so to Cindy, Melissa, and Jen. So I have some questions ready prepared, but we would also like to open it up uh, for the audience as well to ask questions. So please start to think about what you would want to ask these ladies specifically about their own coaching business, the specialty that they have, or anything in general for family life coaching. So my first question is, what factors do you believe helped create the foundation for your success as a family life coach? And let's go with Jen. Okay, so I, there's, a, there's several factors, but I think the biggest factor is, I feel like it, while I was taking the coaching class, and I mentioned this in my introduction, but I really felt the power of coaching. I was able to see times in my life where I was told that I didn't need a therapist and I kind of fired by my therapist in a sense, and I was able to reflect back on that and go, they, those therapists were absolutely right. I didn't need a therapist. I needed a coach. And it made me realize how powerful coaching can be and the impact that it can have on personal lives, but also in the family life industry, on families, on, on organizations that help with this kind of helping relationship. So I feel like there's a really great need for that and that coaches and therapists can work together to create that. And that was probably the biggest factor that, that played a role in my coaching. Thank you, Jan. You touched on something that I believe is, is really important. First of all, the community of blending coaching and counseling is in like, we work with other professionals and building that side of our community. And then also that family coaching can fulfill this gap that perhaps wasn't the awareness wasn't there that it was needed between family education and family therapy. And so we, there's, a, there's an area that family coaching fulfill and help even more families. So that the therapists are working with people that, that genuinely need therapy and they can refer out to a family coach. So thank you for sharing that. Cindy and then Melissa. One thing I think that really benefited me that I appreciate so much about Dr. Gardner and Katie's program, and I think seriously, I think I've taken every single class even possible offered by them because I found it so beneficial. And one thing that really helped in giving me the confidence to be a, a life coach and a family life coach was it was accredited, it was research-based, theory-based education. And that gives you that really broad foundation. Like I mentioned in my introduction, I, I coach from 12 to 80-year-olds. So one size does not fill all, you know, fit all. And having so many different methods and theories and activities to draw from is so empowering because obviously none of our sessions are, are ever the same. And so having a toolbox full of all those different activities. I had a session last night. I think I used four different theories, models, and activities in one hour session because that is what the client needed. And so having that broad base, and then I went on and did um, additional studies with the Gottman Institute, and I also did, took the BCC, and I'm, I am a board-certified coach. 
So all those things, I think, give me a really good foundation. I was looking at Jen's picture and there's that beautiful tree behind her. And I, I thought about that, the broader the base, the more firm a foundation that we have. And so coming mm -hmm. from that place into coaching, I feel is very empowering and gives me confidence that I have the skills needed to help the, the clients that are brought to me. Wow. Thank you. Thank you, Cindy. That's interesting that you bring up that as the analogy, because if I correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Joseph's logo is a tree. And I imagine it's for a similar reason that when you have that foundation, it's even the name, right? That foundation, the greater the, the strength. So thank you, Melissa. One, one thing really quick, Oops. Melissa, I'm not, I don't want to take your thunder. Um, so my husband and I went to the um, Yosemite National Park just like a month ago. And to see that, that's why I think I was drawn to the tree, to see that foundation and to see the strength that comes, it's, it's just, it's a very a powerful image. So Joseph, good job for using that with your symbol. Well, I remember one time in, I'm not sure if it was in the family life coaching class. I think it probably was, unless it was in another class, but I remember Dr. Gardner talking about learning the healer's art and that, that really that stayed with me. And I, I think about that sometimes. I, I even have like a little list of promptings that sometimes I get to help me with the healer's art. I believe that as we are doing the family life coaching, and this, especially as I help people with grief, then that's exercising the healer's art. I, I also think about it too. I'm, I'm taking organ lessons. I've been playing the organ for 20 years, but I'm trying to actually have professional <laughs> help to do it the right way. And I think about that as the healer's art as well, to help people as they're worshiping, to be able to feel closer to God. Anyway, I think sometimes that there are maybe natural abilities we might have. Um, the experience of grief that I went through contributed to that, but I needed the training to really be able to do it effectively. If I just went out and tried to do this without the training, then I, I probably could be harming people you know, or not really being as effective. And so I think there's that combination for me of, of, you know, kind of that natural desire and some abilities there, like being empathic and things like that, combined especially with the training and learning how to do that to help have a solid foundation as what Cindy was talking about and having it accredited as also Cindy mentioned that those are all really important things, I think, to be able to to be solid in this. Um, I, I have a friend who had recently decided she would be a coach and she just, you know, kind of like watched one episode of how to do coaching. And she, she has like the natural ability, you know what I mean? But she didn't have the training. And so she tried to do that for a little bit and had a podcast and it, it didn't really go anywhere. And she realized she needed more training. But that was, that was an interesting example to me because I know there are a lot of people out there that are just trying to go off and do, doing things like this that don't have the training, which kind of concerns me a little bit because, you know, it kind of gives a bad, you know, can leave a bad taste in some people's mouths that might impact others. Yeah, absolutely. So something that is common that all three of you mentioned is that training element. And one thing that I no, because I am one of the trainers, is that it's the feedback element too on practicing. And 
being able to not only just read a book or a textbook, but discuss it and have different alternatives and viewpoints be shared so that we can help each other grow. And that feedback element is huge. I remember an experience where I called Scott a couple of years ago, I was coaching this family and I was getting a little bit stuck in the weeds somewhat. And he said to me, Katie, what's the goal? And I was like, oh, <laughs> I don't know, I forgot. And so we need that feedback. We need that community and that communication. And, and just to see things a little bit, just like we're helping them see things differently, that feedback in a training or environment or a community can really help you also, you know, kind of step outside your world to look at it in a different lens. And so thank you for touching on those points. My next question is, what developments would you like to advocate for or see happen in the profession over the next two years? Let's go with Cindy, then Melissa, then Jen. Thank you, Katie. And I do appreciate you saying that because it's one thing that I have put into every single session I have with my clients. In the last couple of minutes, I say, what was meaningful to you today about our session? What stood out to you and what really helped you? It helps me refine and define myself every day. And that's a, that's a skill that I learned from you. And it's interesting, this question that I was thinking about, and I'm going to go off exactly what Melissa just said. I had experience where I was training for the BCC. I mean, I was studying for the BCC and, and preparing to take it. And it took a lot of time and effort to do that. Just and to clarify for folks, that BCC is a board certified coach designation. It's one of the national recognitions. Thank you, Dr. Gardner. I appreciate you clarifying that for people that didn't know. And I met a lady and she was like, oh, that's so great. I'm a life coach too. And I went, oh, that's great. She said, I have listened to so many podcasts. I bet I've listened to probably 20. And I just thought, so my hope would be that there are some guidelines and some regulation because exactly what Melissa said, those people that have not been trained and just listened to a couple of podcasts can actually do more harm than good, both for their clients as well as for our profession as a whole, because there is such power in having the knowledge, the theory-based foundation to go on. So that would be something that I really support is to strengthen our role in our profession as life coaches. I have to say amen to all of that, sister. <laughs> you <Yeah>. know, that... <laughs> That really is something that I'm concerned about a lot too. And I, and I do think that there are some training courses that people take that maybe don't have, you know, the, the strong base behind them. So for me, that's, that's really important too. So that I would, that's really basically what I wanted to say when I thought about that. One of the things that I would like to see development in the industry over the last couple of years, and it's funny because Cindy, actually, that was the one that I had picked earlier, but as I was driving today, I realized the one thing that I would like to really see is a stronger bond between the helping relationships, where therapists and coaches really refer more to each other, where therapists can see the value of coaches and where coaches are, are willing and more able to say, you know, this is a therapy area, and as much as I'd like to coach you here, you're not quite ready for it, so Go find a therapist for a little while or work with your therapist on this and I can continue to coach you on this, but where those relationships are better blended and Thank more you, reciprocal. Jen. I was a little bit sneaky with my question because I deliberately put in the word advocate for and because I, I believe that part of our 
ethical responsibility is to advocate for the things that we are discussing right now. And I know that for many present, we are in the midst of doing that. And we are laying a foundation for those that are, you know, coming up and learning about this and being that example to say, if you want to see this change, then impact that change. I remember having a conversation just recently with a potential coach student. And she said, well, I'm nervous to join because it's not a regulated field. So I'm kind of scared of it. And my response was, well, the way to change that is to join and then advocate for that change, not to close your heart to it when it's something you feel you are drawn to do. And I, I hope that that helped this person and that they go on to a training of sorts, because one thing that I promote is, yes, I promote my company, but I promote training. That that's to me is the, the foundational part that is important that find an organization that aligns with your values and what you want to do and build upon that. And that to me is, is the, the most important element here. If it's my company, if it's BYU Idaho, great. Whatever the path is, just make sure that you are, you are on it, right? Get in the arena, as Brene Brown would say. Okay, my last question, and then we'll open up for a discussion. What recommendations do you have for a starting point for those wanting to enter the family coaching arena? And let's do Melissa, Cindy, Jen. <laughs> okay, thank you. So um, what I would recommend is having a solid background in, in like marriage and family types of studies so that, so that part of it is solid combined with a training program that's certified with either the BCC or ICF, which is International Coaching Federation, something like that so that it has a solid foundation and is being regulated well, so that you know that you, know, you, you can go forward with a, a good recommendation. I also wanted just to mention that the Family Life Coaching Association is working on having a certification that it, I think it is almost ready. They've been, they were going to try to have it released by the end of September, but it hasn't quite gotten there. And I don't know the exact details on it, but it, it is a combination of those two, making sure you have the background, a certain number of classes in that, in the family field, along with the training that, that is based on one of those certifications. So anyway, I just wanted to throw that out there. And Melissa, just on that, my understanding is that they were going to pilot that certification with a small group of people yeah. first to see how it goes. Are they still doing that pilot right now? Well, I'm not sure. I, I, I raised my hand to be <laughs> one of the oh, people. Okay. So I don't know if if they had a lot of people that asked and I didn't you know, get chosen or not, or if, or if it hasn't gotten to that point. But I know okay. it is a little bit delayed in the last meeting okay. we had. They, yeah. And if you're familiar with the Certified Family Life Educator designation, uh, there, there is kind of some overlap there. It's kind of taking that piece and adding on the coaching piece to it. So it should be a good credential. They're, they've worked closely with National Council on Family Relations and Board Certified Coach Organization to, uh, to put that together. So. Yes, and, and I think along with it, there, well, like when I became a board certified coach, then they, there was an insurance option that I could buy with that. So every time I renew it, I have to put in my, my number that I have and everything, you know, so Family Life Coaching Association is trying to have that as well, having a, an insurance option with it. So it is, it is at the level of, 
of these, they're trying to have it at the same level as some of these other certifications, if that makes sense. That's specifically for family life. Okay, so I think I'm next. I was so excited about this question and I'll tell you why. When I was finished and I, I really have a passion for this and it just, it just feels so right. And I, I love doing this, but I remember when I was taking the courses and, and, and Katie's like a little mother hen going, go, go fly out of the nest, go, go start. And I remember being so nervous and wondering, oh, what, what do I do next? So I really appreciate this question. And I've got three suggestions. Number one is find your passion. Fine. And, and as, as you've listened to all three of us talk, we found something that resonated with us through whether it was a, a, a hard situation, like Melissa's talking about the grief of losing her precious son, but that was a vehicle to help her to change the world. So find out whatever that is. I was, I'm actually a, a trained childbirth instructor and I'm after having eight children. And so that's why I developed this whole plan with pregnancy, childbirth, and postpartum. So find something you're passionate about because there's such a positive energy that people will be attracted to. It's not just book learning. It's not, it's, it's what your heart is in giving your heart and your mind in combination. That passion is so powerful. Number two is open your mouth. A lot of people don't know what life coaching is. And so I would have, take a minute and just prepare a quick little few sentences of, because people always say to me, well, what even is life coaching? And you can be an advocate. It was interesting. I went on a tour this summer and I was opening my mouth. There was 30 people on the tour. I was opening my mouth. They're like, well, what do you do? And then the next question was always, well, what is a life coach? And I got four clients from that trip just because they're like, oh, that is amazing. I really want to work with you. And so being an advocate, open your mouth and hand in hand with that, have a business card, whether it's digital, whether it's physical, have your picture on it and hand it to them and say, here's my contact information, because it makes you seem more professional and more credible and just saying like, oh, well, you can, you can contact me at just, you have it right there, your passion, find out what's driving you, open your mouth, and give them a way to contact you and jump in because it's, it's nervous. I mean, all of us, I mean, I know these ladies and I love all these ladies. We all went that same path. Like, what do I do next? Don't be afraid, jump in. Even if it's out of your comfort zone, it's an amazing way just to go into the deep end and, and be an advocate for this amazing profession of being a family life coach. Ditto, ditto to both of you. And as I've thought about this question, and I love this question too, because I get really excited, but the very first thing that I thought of is where do you start? You start where you're at. You look at where you're at and you don't look back. You look forward. That's the whole premise of coaching is, is that forward momentum. So we figure out how we want to move forward, where we want to move forward, and we go from there. So look at your life experiences. So you kind of, you're going to glance back a little bit. What, do, what kind of life experience do you have? What kind of things have motivated you in the past? And then start there. And probably the, the second biggest thing that I would say is just remember that this isn't set in concrete. So if you choose your niche to be parent coaching and you decide, I don't really like parent coaching, you can change it. It's not, it's, it's not a hostage situation. You can change it at any given time. But the key is to take that step forward because until you take that first step, you don't know what the second step is going to be. And I have to say with that, I'm really sorry, but I have to run. So I'm going to go.
but thank you all so much for being here today. And if you have any questions specifically for me, you're welcome to put them in the chat and Katie can email them to me and I'll shoot that back out to you. But thank you all. And thank you, Cindy and Melissa, for your great answers. And Katie and Scott, thank you for the opportunity to share today. Thanks, Jen. And go be a coach. Coaching is amazing. <laughs> I was a. Uh, I, I had written down another question to ask, but then Cindy nailed it. You know, I was gonna, I was going to ask. You know, how how do you have the guts to start your business? Because that's what we see is we train coaches, and then they're like, I don't know what to do next. I do I really have the ability, et cetera, et cetera. And so Cindy, that was great. You ought to write a book on that. You know, find your passion, open your mouth. <laughs> Give people your contact information and jump in. I love it. Uh, that, that, that's that's great advice, and and I think that that right there can help people to overcome their their fear and concern. Well, you trained me, Scott. So there you yeah. go. <laughs> I don't I don't know that I gave you that part though. That was you. That was awesome. You know what I find really interesting about touching on Melissa's comment about the need for the underpinning knowledge of family science, and then our training for coaching. A lot of people don't recognize that coaching is a skill set that we do need to develop and hone and learn. And I, I ponder sometimes, how is it we have these stellar people that have this educational background, and then we have people that run on their experiences versus honoring or feeling the need for training, what's the difference between what makes them successful and then those that kind of step, like hold themselves back a little bit. And I've pondered this for a while and I don't know the answer, but one thing that I've seen is those that just go for it with no credentials, no training, is that they believe in themselves. They believe they have this level of confidence that they, maybe they focus on the business more on the, the training side of it. And we focus on the training more on the business side of it. And so that's a little bit of a hang up that we can improve. But Cindy, yeah, spot on. You, you've got it. You've got to jump in. You've got to make those strides and be comfortable with being uncomfortable. And that's hard to do sometimes because it takes vulnerability. It takes the, the idea that we we also have to be uncomfortable that we don't know something and it's a learning experience to get to that point. You know, Scott mentioned that I, I do this business with my husband. At the beginning, we were clueless, <laughs> but I said, let's just go, let's just do it. And, and six years on, you know, I can't believe that we started this journey in the summer of 2017. It's mind blowing to me. And to see the panel that we had tonight, the, tonight, today, <laughs> the richness of your your experiences and what you are doing to change the world. And, you know, coaching's not, not just, or the only path is not just, you know, working for yourself. There are opportunities now that are opening up as the world start, especially in the health and profession, as they are starting to realize that coaching has a place, there's also opportunities to be hired by companies, you know, therapy organization of pr private practices, they're adding coaching to their business. That's what Joseph did. And then even HR businesses, you know, more of an executive leadership world, even though they're still focusing on that emotional element of if we can offer coaching to our staff, then we know that they're going to perform better at work because the ICF in particular, they're doing the research that shows that. And so people are listening. And with what Melissa shared about the Family Life Coaching Association, 
I, I don't think it was ever my intent to have a, a family life certification path. I, it was just like a holding space for when they open their doors to say, okay, because I want to align myself with what they are doing in their organization. And so that's why we use the word endorsement. We want to endorse you as a, as a, as a family life coach and then push you <laughs> to, uh, to align yourself with that organization so we can continually raise that bar and build that community. So thank you so much for sharing your experiences. And then, you know, likewise, on top of this, Fred and I, we're both working as family coaches and, and Scott too in his time frame when it's allowed <laughs> because he's a very busy man. And we know that there are multiple stories like this that we could also share, which is so exciting to think that the way that this started to where we are now, and we really are pioneers. So keep being pioneers. <laughs> so I'll stop talking now. And then the last five, six, seven minutes, let's open up to any questions from the audience and direct it to who you'd like to answer it. I'm so happy to see you guys. Um, I have some questions, but I don't want to monopolize time from Katrina and Susan and Amy. Um, but so I'll just ask one and then go from there. Is that okay? Okay. Yeah, absolutely. So my first question um, is, as I've um, tiptoed, dipped my toes in um, with some coaching, I've done coaching via Zoom and coaching over the phone and then coaching in person. And I'm wondering um, what formats you use for coaching most often and which ones you find most effective and why? Who would you like to answer that, Natasha? Uh, anyone. Okay. <laughs> well, I'll jump in with what I do. Uh, most of mine has been over Zoom. And let's see, I have done, I have done some coaching. I had one client who just wanted to do it over the phone. And she lived about maybe half an hour away. So we could have met in person, but she, she just wanted to do it on the phone. And I prefer Zoom to phone. Because it, it helps me to be able to see, you know, share resources for one thing or also just to see people helps give you a little bit of the body language. I have coached a couple people in my home and I think that's, that's nice too. However, you know, then I have to worry about my home being in a state of having someone coming over and going to a private place because I have my, since the pandemic, my husband's working at home now and then and I have an adult, adult daughter at home. And so it's, it's just kind of like, I don't want to have, I want them to feel like it's private and not have to go everywhere. But I also don't have enough business to do it, to have like an office. So I've, I've found that I really quite like using Zoom. Great, thanks, Melissa. You're welcome. Cindy, would you say that you do more in-person than Zoom? Okay, so I, I am like Melissa, I've done all three. I love in person. I do have a, a unique situation because we do have an office right by our front door where you can go in and, and it can be closed and, and I don't have anyone home during the day. So that's really nice. I love in person, and I, but I really, really like Zoom. I think Zoom is just as powerful as in person and you're doing that one-on-one. -on -one. I, think, I think Zoom is a little bit harder for groups because you can't always see everybody all at once. So I think when you're doing one-on-one, -on -one, Zoom is amazing, a little more challenging with a group. And phone, I am, I'm a visual learner. 
And so phone is my least favorite way to do it. I've done several. I just, I just think you lose a whole dimension. So I do in-person is probably my first choice if that's possible. But, but right now my clients go from Florida to California. So Zoom is what I do mostly. And, and I'm very comfortable with that. And I also have PowerPoints that I share about different activities and different models and things. And so it's really easy with Zoom just to pull up what I have to share. So there's lots of advantages to Zoom too. Cool. Thank, Thank you, Cindy. What questions, if any, from Katrina, Amy, and Susan? Amy, please. Yeah, I have actually two questions, but uh, hold on a second. The first question is about uh, business setup. Are you guys all just set up as sole proprietors in your business? And then, okay, you're nodding. So. Uh, so I have an LLC for mine, but I'm the only person in it. So like my taxes, they, they're done like I'm a sole proprietor, but my LLC gives me the protection, yeah. you know, that that's, isn't there with a sole proprietor. And mine's the so same. Yeah, I have yeah. an LLC and I also have a business license for my city. So I have a business license, I have my own domain, and I have an LLC. So it is set up as a single proprietary business also. I also have a business license as well. So that, that part was a little tricky for me to figure out everything I had to do, you know, on the legal end of it. <laughs> well, I have a really great attorney that I love, and he's really cute, and he's my husband. <laughs> <laughs> which really helps because I'm just like, okay, you tell me about taxes, you tell me about the LLC. And so I did have a little bit of an advantage there because he did help me get all that set up and know what I needed to do legally because there are steps you have to take to protect yourself. Yeah. And of course it's cute. It's <laughs> so cute. That's great. So. And then my next question is, do you generally start off each client? I mean, when you first meet them, do you usually start them off with some form of the life wheel? So, or how do you start out generally with brand new clients? Oh, I've got my mic off. So I'm just going to jump in really quick. And Melissa, I'm not, I'm not stealing your thunder at all. One thing I do is when I meet with a, a potential client, I always have an introductory session with them. That's about 30 minutes or so. What are their expectations? What I have to offer? And let them really decide what they want to do. One thing I've done just recently that I'm really excited about is I've actually created, it's just one, one page, different assessments and different activities and different things that we can focus on. And, and then do just a little, like a one sentence, what that like, I have an activity we do on worrying and it takes a session. And so I make a whole list and the clients get so excited. They're like, oh, I want to do this. I want to do that. And I want to do all of these. So offering <laughs> them a list of what's available to them really helps to stimulate conversation and what path they would like to take. And that's been really a positive element that I've just added recently to, our, to my business. So for me, I, I do sometimes offer several things that we can do in the first one. I kind of I kind of keep it a little flexible and, and a lot of people, if they're grieving, especially if they're kind of new in their grief, I have this little Google form that goes through different grief symptoms. And then I send that to them so I can see what they're struggling with. And then we talk about those areas and try to come up with strategies to help them. But um, it really kind of varies. And I, 
I usually do a lot of soul searching right before I have my first session, just because, you know, it can be so different, especially with the grief part. Thank you, Melissa. So I believe that is our time. We are at 11.51. Any further questions that you have, please feel welcome to put it in the chat, email Scott or myself, and we can filter that to the panel, or we can answer them or get a collective answer, like a variation of answers to be able to give different insights. But the life will is a great tool to utilize, but like with all assessments with like Cindy has created, it, it, there's a variety of tools that we can use. And for me, I tend to get to know my client first before I decide which one might feel appropriate or give them that element of choice. Scott, do you want to close us out? You bet. Just one thing on the life wheel. I find, I mean, people most often come to coaching with something in mind that they already want to work on, right? They have a goal, you know, and I find the, the life wheel helpful when maybe they've worked through that goal or they come in with a real global, like, oh, I just want to improve, you know, that's when I think the life wheel is helpful, either, either moving to a new area that maybe they would like to work on, or if they're just not sure where to focus, then that, that helps give some guidance. Anyway, thank you all so much. Uh, oh, sorry, go ahead, Amy, you, I saw you unmuted. Oh, I just wanted to thank everyone for those responses. Great. So as you can see, we have some great folks. I'm just so excited to, to see everybody moving on in their own businesses and things like that. It's just, it's really gratifying. So fantastic. Y'all are, are great spokespersons for the, for the field. And yeah, let us know if anybody has any questions. I hope you enjoyed this panel discussion and we're able to find insights as to what it takes to create a coaching business and what you can implement as you contemplate your own life coaching journey. If you do have any questions, feel free to reach out. You can find our contact information on our website. And if you have questions specifically for Jen, Cindy, or Melissa, we will be happy to reach out to them and pass on your questions. Until next time, happy coaching.